So during the pandemic, someone came to me with an article from Manhattan, and the article was about a run, another one of these unicorn secret society basketball games. And they said the guy that ran it always puts himself on the best team, and his team dominates the morning. Welcome to Conversations with Connors, a NetworkWise podcast, and I'm your host, Adam Connors. NetworkWise trains and educates individuals and organizations in the science and art of networking to accelerate sales, personal development, and career opportunities. In Conversations with Connors, I talk with a variety of highly successful individuals in order to gain insights on how they built, maintain, and cultivated their relationships in order to live a life by design, not by default. In this podcast, real estate mogul John Stravitz, aka The Iceman, discusses the run, a weekend-only basketball game that's been played in Hoboken for a few decades. We discuss the game's history, how it's played, and its impact on the hardwood community. He goes on to describe the rules of the game and the unique culture surrounding it, emphasizing that the focus is on sportsmanship and competition rather than individual glory. Stravitz also discusses the MVP concept in the run and the challenges that are faced week in and week out managing this Herculean task, keeping everyone happy. Overall, the podcast provides an interesting look into a unique and long-standing basketball tradition and sheds light on the hard work and dedication required to keep it going. Enjoy my conversation with my good friend, John Stravitz. John Stravitz, a.k.a. The Iceman. It's good to have you here, brother. Thank you. Good to be here. You ready to have some fun? Sure. All right. Good stuff. Always. All right. Exactly, man. Oh, it's nice to see your smiling face. I miss it on the hardwood, but it's good to have you here. Got to get you healthy and get you back out there. It's happening, brother. Um, so we're, we're going to have a little um, warm up similar to ball, but with some questions. I'm going to ask you a couple of quick questions. And uh, if you'd be so kind as to uh, let me know the first thing that kind of comes to your mind when I ask you these questions. Sound good? Sure. All right. The weekend. A break. A break from the arduous work week. Uh, Just kind of like my salvation after working so hard, dealing with family and everything else that goes into it, you finally get that break and you look forward to, and strangely enough, 7 (laughs) a.m. That leads me to my next question, the run. So the run basically is my salvation, which is what I was referencing. So all week long, you handle your work, you handle family, you try to make sure everything is stable and comfortable for everybody. And then there's just one thing I ask for, and that is 7 a.m. Saturday and Sunday morning to get up and by 8 o'clock be in Hoboken, New Jersey for basketball. It's a beautiful thing. So what, what is the run? Explain the run, because that's what today is going to be all about, the run. I want to hear about it, how to get the name, backdrop of it. Give me the story. Several, several years ago, might have been before the Ice Age, which is happening today again outside. When I moved to Hoboken in the late 90s, I was seeking a game during the winter. Because as I got older and stopped weightlifting... I needed something that I really appreciated that kept my body in shape. And that also helps the mind. So you need that sweat and your body needs it to stay healthy. 
So I had it in the summer, and I specifically lived right near 4th Street's outside courts and played for as long as possible. And then there were these rumors in Hoboken of what we called at the time, from what I heard, was the unicorn, this hidden game that everyone at 4th Street that was playing all summer long was seeking. So you could get off work at 8 o'clock at night in the summer and the lights are on till 11 and find a game out there. And it was just awesome. So I'd work late, come home, and get a couple of hours of ball. And I'd do that three, four times a week and was staying in really good shape. And being single, you wanted to stay in good shape. And it was just a way of life. And then I just didn't have a game in the winter. So searching and searching and, and waiting and looking and, and anytime under stones we'd search, we'd look everywhere. Where is this hidden game, this unicorn that I heard was being played? And then one day, um, Drew who plays at the run, gave me an invite. And that Tuesday night game at 8 o'clock at the Boys and Girls Club in Hoboken that a bunch of guys had been playing together. They played high school together. Their brothers before them played at this court, and they passed it on to them when they graduated high school and moved to Hoboken like their brothers before them. So they had it, and it was just a solid group of guys that were playing 8 o'clock at night indoors all year round. And... I got invited once to that game and never let go. Mm. So when was the torch passed? How did you get donned the dawn? So basically Hoboken was a transition time back then around in the uh, early 2000s. So most people that lived here, when they found the one and then moved out of town and were having children, um, they basically did not stay. So a lot of these guys were in those phases. And three, four years later, we're, we're moving out of town. And it became clear that I never missed a game. So one of the guys looked at me and goes, hey, uh, you're going to be here this, this week? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, do you mind um, just you know seeing who can play and who can't and, and uh, making sure we can play on Tuesday? I'm not going to be around. And then it happened again and then again. And eventually he moved out, and that's how the torch was passed. And I think I've been doing this for over 15 years. Oh, it's definitely over 15. I just, I've been involved for 15, and I know you had this long time before me. Yeah, so I just it's that much of a blur of you work so hard during the week, you get this break, and you play ball, and then you start over again the next week. So it's I live in the present and the future, and the past is a lot more blurry. <laughs> well, walk me through the evolution of the run. What what was it like back then? You know, again, it was a Tuesday night. Nowadays, it's a Saturday and a Sunday, very early morning. So so tell me about when when did it transition? The torch was passed. What were some of the rules that were there before? How you know what are they now? We'll get a little more granular as we go. So basically. What transpired was Zog Sports was taking over every gym in town. And they had all sorts of different sports. And financially, for the Boys and Girls Club and everybody else, this was a windfall. It was a great thing to have someone rent the gym at night. So that pushed us to the weekend. And as it evolved, and ironically, being single at the time, we liked eight at night because we could play at night. We like playing on Saturday and Sunday around noon. So we booked noon. And those were convenient times when you could wake up after going out and 
and refresh yourself and then play basketball. But as time went on and everyone was getting into relationships, but now the town had changed. We weren't leaving town anymore. So a lot of guys were getting into these relationships, even having children and staying in Hoboken. Everyone was like, uh, I can't do this at 12 o'clock in the afternoon, not with a kid in my life, not with my wife. The boys club had come to us and said they had someone at that 12 o'clock spot and it was for children, which to me was everything. Kids are number one. If the kids need the gym, it's much more important than us. So I said, why don't we switch to 10 o'clock? And we did. We transitioned to 10 for a while. And then actually it was Darth back in the day. Pat um, basically said, hey, can we start this at eight? And I was like, let me see if the boys club will do this because they had someone that wanted now 10 o'clock and it was it was a younger game, but more of um, high school kids. And it was more, uh, I think, something they were they were teaching kids basketball. And it was a really good cause for me. All of a sudden, I was like, you know what? That might even work better for me. And that was how the evolution and transition happened. So it was more for the guys now that weren't single than the guys that are single. And the beauty of the run is we transitioned throughout the years with a mix of everybody. But the young guys are still getting up after going out. They're meeting us at 8 a.m., which is a miracle to me because it's got to be tough on them after a night out. <laughs> That's so interesting how people leave their marks on the game. You know, big shout out, Pat, Pat McKenna. Yes. A.K.A. Darth. Uh, so that was probably, what, 10 years ago, I guess. So it's probably been at least a decade. Of, yes. Of 8 a.m. It's definitely been going on because my daughter is now eight. So it was right around yeah. that transition time before she was born. But uh, yeah, I would say a decade is about right. Wow. Yeah. And how many people would you say have come through this run over the decades? Probably 250. Probably 250 people. I bet it's more than that because the list has around that. I'm, I'm talking, we're talking, you know, because again, this is going three decades, maybe four. Yeah, well, their list was before mine. So yes, um, but for me to be precise, I, I would have no idea because yeah. there's a lot of guys on the list. A lot of guys don't make the list. A lot of guys come and just go and play. So yeah, I, I, I can't put an actual number on it, but our consistent number is in that 250 range. Gotcha. So it's more of the consistency. Even today, we fluctuate right around there. So talk to me about one thing that John does, which is it's fantastic and, and what probably keeps, oh, I know actually keeps the numbers as strong as they are, at least from an email list perspective, is uh, you put together a synopsis or what, I don't know what you, I forgot what you call it. Do you call it anything? It's a synopsis. They, they call it the recap. The recap. That's right. The recap, which is, uh, you know, a recap of the previous week's results, activities, insights, it, play, play by play. I mean, this thing has evolved too. Give me the backdrop on that. When did it start? How did it start? And then we'll go from there. I'm trying to figure out how it ends. <laughs> it is uh, a burden to say the least to put this together every week and um it actually takes over your job at a time so to put this together it's basically because it's not easy to be funny and you tried you attempt i'm not saying it's funny but you attempt to be humorous within this each week so you try to add something that everyone will enjoy you try to add some insight that'll create some creative thought in others and basically put that all together while tying in what went on in the, on the basketball court. So it's not easy to wrap that all up and yet still have it as something that people want to read. And that's the key is that I want 
people to enjoy it. I want it to be bathroom break material or whatever you want to call it for everyone to take a minute out of their lives and everything else they're dealing with and be like, this is enjoyable. This is something I want to review. And I think that's why the list stays where it is because a lot of those guys on that list, we don't need 200 people on the list that play when only 15 guys play each day on the weekend. But I think a lot of people stay on the list because it reminds them of when they were playing here. I mean, we have people that moved all around the country and aren't playing here anymore that stay on the list and enjoy, I think, the recap coming out every Friday morning for their enjoyment and to remind them of what it was like to play ball. Yeah. I'll get like a <clears throat> random text or something sometimes from people that had played. I hadn't been in the run for a while. And they'll make a comment. Oh, you had a good game or something last weekend. I mean, amazing. You know, like, you know, the loyalty, the experiences people have, the memories, the fun. I mean, awesome. So so your recap, just for those that don't uh, don't know about the run, the very few that you are. It's it's great. I mean, it, it literally is a it's a, a even it gets into play by play. So what John does is uh, he he creates a recap. It's play by play. Sometimes it's high level. It's guys. It's, it's littered with comedy. It's littered with like you weave in politics. You weave in. I mean anything. And and you you've got this really nice ability to be able to uh, walk the line. You know, in terms of uh, which I guess is is just true comedy too to be able to bring things in. Uh, but really have no angle other than just, you know, just making people laugh uh, and also provide good insights on the uh, how people played and, you know, the, the energy and the spirit of that day. So so it's awesome. Uh, what, what also makes it awesome is the personalization that you have created. Uh, everybody has a nickname. Everybody has a nickname. That's the job in and of itself. If you don't mind, give me some background on how that happened, when that happened and how you go about thinking about, you know, or creating a nickname for somebody. I mean, all these things have just evolved and it's been a natural evolution. So the recap evolved. Like, I don't know how or when came up with this concept to every week to have a recap, but I think I could say that was directly driven by the MVP and the MVP changed everything because the recap needed something that was the crowning achievement of the recap. And that is the MVP. So I think sort of got it from the NBA and, and how they gave an MVP and guys strove to be the MVP. And here we go seeing every weekend, you're older now. There's, there's no glory. There's no championships. There's nothing you're really playing for anymore. So I wanted to create an atmosphere where there was something we were playing for. So we started with this concept, the MVP, which added everything to the run because now people want to play and and want to bring their game there's another level of care because you're striving to achieve something and you know people now will be wary of their points how they played defense what they did right what they did wrong while they played that morning and then in the recap we'll address that we'll go through it all and then sometimes i i didn't realize a guy played as well as he did but you'll see that they scored an average three points in every game, hit three game winners out of four wins, and, and they only lost once. And that guy has material that week of MVP. So something that I thought added an element 
to playing Saturdays and Sundays that people were striving for. So there's been a little bit of controversy surrounding the MVP. So if you don't mind, give us a little backdrop on who is there a committee that identifies and votes on who's the week or the day's MVP. And if you also don't mind, you know, give it, give us the, you know, the criteria of what makes somebody the MVP. And, and the reason I say um, it's in question is because there are a bunch of people that have said that defense doesn't seem to get factored into uh, the MVP. And, and, and that makes me think of BA, you know, like, you know, BA, it's offense, pretty limited, no offense, BA, but his defense is locked down, you know? So someone like, I, I don't know if I've ever seen him on the, on the MVP list, but I've, uh, you know, through playing with him, it's so nice when you get like a lockdown defender sometimes, cause that can really make the difference. You know, you know, uh, your best offense is a good defense. So I just threw a lot at you. Break it down as you will. Yeah, I mean, no, B.A. a couple of weeks ago was very close, and he did score a few. So he contributed on both ends. And then he'll still come up to me and say, you didn't give me anything. No love. <laughs> no love for B.A. But he gets plenty of love. Um, yeah, so the criteria for the MVP, let's go there first. Um, consistency. Someone start to finish that was consistently playing at a very high level is critical. And, you know, what do they say about opinions? They're like, everyone's got one um yeah so yeah this is opinionated i mean it's supposed to be fun and you know what a little controversy where people are giving you their version of what went on adds to it we had it last week tenacity is one of the new guys uh he's extremely aggressive on the boards he scored a bunch of points but that team only had four wins they won the day with four wins but it wasn't enough to be the MVP. So what goes into that criteria? Yes, he scored more than he normally does. He was tremendous in the second half on the rebounds and the boards. And he had he had really good day. It's just he needed to drop more. And one of his teammates down low, or D'Lo, D'Lo basically had three points in three of their wins and three of their game winners. So... You put that together out of four games, was it tenacity or was it D'Lo? Well, when both are canceling each other out, but their team won the most for the day, you give it to the team overall, but there was no true MVP. And that's why I kind of wanted the MVP to be something that's real, that's not just given away every week, oh, we have to have one. We don't. We didn't have one for months last year. When uh, the large man, the man sitting across from me, smile. Now he's smiling. There it is. <laughs> Won our 2022 MVP. So at the end of the year, we have a ceremony and we give a gift to the guy who won it the year before or for that year. And large man, Adam Connors, very, is our MVP. Very humbled. <laughs> what about, uh, do, do people lobby you? For their hey, I, I should have gotten MVP last week or this. Um, week. I appreciate that. I want more interaction, so I want people to give their opinion on what they saw. Especially nobody is right with an opinion, and anyone can give an opinion. What what did they say with statistics? You can prove anything you want whenever you want with stats. This is the same with any of this stuff. It's all opinion. So I prefer insight. I love when a guy's like, "Hey, man, that guy won MVP. I want to do the write up," and I'm like. Thank you. Like, Ooh, let's talk about that. Actually, there's been a couple people that have uh, really stepped up in your absence. The very few times that you're not able to make it, which, by the way, I commend your consistency. It's, it's just it should be applauded on so many levels. But do, do you mind uh, 
sharing some of the other people that have stepped up in your absence with some pretty significant uh, addition to the write-up? 2.0 does what he does out there as my number one. He um, he usually takes over when I'm not around. Um, gives a decent write-up, gets it done, and uh, and satisfies the masses. Band actually sometimes struggles on the court. We're not going there. Keeping it positive, make the band happy. And a couple of weeks ago, he got his MVP. Woo! He got his MVP. He was absolutely fantastic. Had Eye of the Tiger all morning long. And we take the band and, and convert it in the recap to a picture of the Muppets animal when he plays that well. And um, But he is masterful when he does a recap or write-up. Yeah, I, I do have to admit that there's some serious skills with the scribe going on with the band. Oh, That's- it's awesome. He's, he deserves to be commended, and, and, and I loved his play a couple of weeks ago. It was fantastic, um, especially when you have a guy that's decent or does whatever he does out there, and then he steps up to another level, and what that does for a team, and, and that's the whole thing. The fun part is when you're on a team and the team is playing and going as one. And there's nothing like it when everyone's touching the ball, everyone's working together. Uh, when defense is unified, it just makes the game great. Um, but the nicknames were part of that. The nicknames were before the MVP and before recaps. They, they, so you asked about the nicknames. It was kind of like a college thing where I was in a fraternity and everyone had a nickname. And you see it in a lot of different things in the military. Everybody, the pilots, Top Gun, everyone recently saw the movie. They all have great nicknames. Um, and you like a nickname that kind of, it's not easy to do, but you want it to fit the person and you want something that kind of sticks. And occasionally I've heard around Hoboken that some of these guys are out and about and people don't know their names. Uh, Guilty. Uh, There've been multiple times I've bumped into people and I'll be with my wife or my kids and I'm at a loss because I'm like, Oh my holy shit. I don't know their real name. And, and it adds an element to it. So again, I wanted this to be more. I want the recap to have some meaning. Uh, People stay on that list. I want when we play to be just open. I want as many guys as possible playing. If, Like I always say when I wasn't running this and, you know, look, we cap it at 12 or at 15 at times and then three guys can't get in because we already had enough players. So now we'll stretch it to 15 guys instead of 12. So three more guys get to play that weekend because I've been that guy. We've all been there when you weren't allowed to play. But what, what about the loyalty? So there's some other controversy. Yes. I was told to bring up this edition of uh, conversations with Connors, with the Iceman. And that is the people that are loyal, that have been playing for years, that get bumped when there's an N1. Do you mind explaining the N1 and how an N1 can supersede someone who's been a loyal run baller for years? So the concept is that... The winter, our numbers swell. And the summer, sometimes we struggle. But the pride of this for the boys club is we want to make a donation every week to them. We are grateful for the opportunity. They've given us a time slot. And if we're not paying, someone else will. So we've got to make sure this works for them and us. So I like when guys invite their friends or others that they think will want to stick with the run and keep playing because we need new blood. You always need to 
revitalize the list and keep new guys coming and then find hopefully my eventual successor someone's got to take this thing over i can't keep doing it so but um it's critical to refresh the numbers with new guys and find and we just did again we have a bunch of new guys again this might be the strongest we've ever been with the numbers which is why we're back to playing five on five we were barely getting 12 in the past and now we're there consistently we had to move it to 15 because i don't want to tell someone that they can't play but there are a couple of guys that have and ones right now that we're not inviting so i've actually stopped that because the numbers are so strong that i don't want someone bumped and scostis who i love is a great example of that Right now, he will only play four on four. And our numbers are beyond 12. It's three teams of four, if anyone wants to understand that. So it's three teams of four. I move it to three teams of five to add the extra three guys. So three guys on a weekend are getting their workout, getting to play, instead of um, capping it at 12. So Skastis will only play four on four. He does not like the crowded court. I appreciate that and understand it. Um, So for right now, he's missed the last two weekends. It kills me. That someone that wants to play is not able to play. But quote from Star Trek from many, many moons ago is the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one. And unfortunately, Skastis right now is the few or the one. And we have three other guys. And that's six guys on a weekend for both days that I want in there. I want them playing. But you're correct about the controversy. I listen to everything and everyone. And when they say... Hey, I want. I have a plus one. I say your guy. I'm going to put him in for the minute right now. He might get bumped if we get 15 solid or that are regulars. Um, so there is some loyalty. Oh, there has to be. Yeah, there has to be. Good, good stuff. So any people throughout the years that come to mind that still come back and play every once in a while? Aaron. 1.0. That's right, I mean, 1.0. He was there early, right? He was- Aaron, he was not one of the original guys, but no. definitely early with um, Silky, yep. Smooth. and uh, Got to give Silky a shout out. Of course. Gotcha. Give me some other ones. Any random people that, that come to mind that you think about well, that were good, that, you know, good contributors or crazy contributors or good ballers or whatever? Who are some names that, that pop to mind? Euro Ryan is was there before me. So Euro Ryan is actually one of the original guys from that crew that I consistently played with and they eventually let me take over. Um, he's he's He was one of those guys that played ball with those guys in high school and, and moved to Hoboken. His Their brothers um, were that crew. So Euro Ryan, for me, is one of the originals. He's the only original left that still plays. Wow, and playing at a high level. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, give me give me some other what are some other crazy nicknames that have come through? Well, I mean the I mean, they're all crazy, so yeah, Aaron being 1.0 and then another Aaron becoming 2.0, yet still my number one <laughs> is a is a great turn of events. And and he is an upgrade over <laughs> 1.0, so that's why he's 2.0. Of course, 1.0 is still getting the dig. Oh my gosh. So these this takes up a lot of your time. How yeah. much time does this take up? Like these write-ups, managing the run. I mean, it's a significant. And and you know, for those that don't know, John's wife is Russian. There have been multiple trips where he's been to Russia, different time zone, lots of things going on. Yet he's still up in the middle of the night 
managing this run, making sure this happens. Talk about that. Well, last year it was Greece and Portugal, and it happened in both where we still made sure we had our numbers. We still, we we actually had three cancellations out of the whole year last year. And I think it was Father's Day, New Year's, and maybe Christmas. That's my pride. Like I want to make sure the boys club is getting their money um, to help them with their programs and, and help those kids. And on top of it, I want to make sure our guys get to run. If anyone's around and still wants to run on the weekend, even when I'm not there, we've got to make sure they get in. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so the devotion is this is bigger than me. And any person with a sense of giving understands and appreciates things in life are much bigger than you. So this is just in general. It has nothing to do with the run. But as a giver, naturally, I need to make sure these things are still working. Nice. Tell me about some of the outcomes that have transpired. You know, or, you know, obviously friendships. But what about, you know, like essentially what you've done, you've created a community. You've created bonding. Uh, I don't know if you know of any outcomes that have transpired, you know, whether it's people doing business together, hiring people, things of that nature. I stay out of that. I kind of never looked at this for networking or for business. I kind of look at this as so separate. This is my salvation and my break from all that. So I've never looked at it that way. But a lot of guys have asked me for other guys' information that willingly we transfer to each other. So I don't know fully, but so fine and I, I'm in commercial real estate, have my own commercial real estate firm in Manhattan, and we transacted on a significant transaction at the very end of 2021 that um, that changed my year financially by, by doing that. So that was a, a big thing. I, I wouldn't have known him if not for the run. And we didn't know for two to three years because I don't get into people's business there because I don't want this to be about that. I want this to be their break like it is for me. So that's me projecting on how I look at it is this is my break from business and work and everything. Um, so I like this as my place where I don't really have to ponder anything else except, hey, did we get enough guys? Are we playing today? And are the teams equal enough that the games are going to be competitive where no one's going home without a win? Um, I don't like that when there's a dominant team and everyone didn't get in to enjoy their morning while playing. Mm. So I try to match up as best I can. Yeah, let's talk about that, actually. How, how is a team, how do you make the teams? Because, you know, there is, there's, there's typically pretty good parity amongst all the teams. Walk me through what goes, how, how these teams are made and, uh, you know, just, just your thought process. So during the pandemic, someone came to me with an article from Manhattan. And the article was about a run, another one of these unicorn secret society basketball games. And they said the guy that ran it always puts himself on the best team. And his team dominates the morning. I like that in one respect. I always want to beat that guy. So I would have welcomed that from the other side of playing against him just to beat his squad, knowing that he does that. I never want that said about me. I want our teams equal. And that's what makes it fun when you actually win and, and come together as a team. And you never know which guy's going to be on or off that morning. So you try to make these teams as best you can with what you know about everyone's strengths and weaknesses. And that's all you can do. And then let it go. And let's see what happened. Is there a committee? How do you put these teams together? Do you, do you talk amongst the people? Are you asking ahead of time? Like I, I know I'm sure as, as the teams are coming to, or as the people are kind of, you know, uh, checking in for the day or the night before, 
are you like, oh, okay, cool. I want to match this person up with that person. Um, yeah, sometimes there are guys that say I want to play with him, and then I try to accommodate. Uh, Tenacity's brought a whole new crew of his own friends and guys. I try to put them together. We did it this morning. Nice. Uh, who do you go to? I, I, I know Silky's in there, you know, and other people where you're, you know, you look to their uh, counsel in terms of putting teams together or just insights about, go- or, or, hey, do we go fours or fives or whatever it is that you're going to impose? I, I kind of seek out, especially when I have formulated most of the teams, I'll ask a guy, do you want to be on this team or that team? And let them choose. Because at that point, I'm hoping it's somewhat equal. And then they get to play with who they want to play with. So sometimes we've been sticking a couple of guys together that came together, like D'Lo and Border have been playing together now for three, four weeks in a row. I keep putting them together. I I like that because then guys start to know what their teammate is doing. Then I add tenacity to them because they're all friends and they they all kind of came in at the same time as new guys. So And then I'll assess, hey, they need some more firepower, so I'll give them vet. And then they'll have an outside shooter to go with D'Lo's inside game, Borders reboundings, tenacities. So now they're starting to get a, a formulation of a complete team. Mm. Uh, and then we'll try and counter that with a Dr. J who can do whatever he wants with the ball and beat people off the dribble. He can shoot outside um, having a complete game. So, you know, it really is an assessment each week of who's there and then trying to match it up. Why are there no announcers there yet or refs? This game has evolved. There are people from all over. People come to watch. People bring their kids to watch. Why no announcers yet, man? This is, you know, this thing is ready for ESPN. We were going to bring back Billy as the announcer and it got turned down and the ref. He was going to do both. <laughs> There's been rumors of Skostas doing something. No? Oh, I'd pay good money for Skostas to do that. Gosh, Who doesn't right. want to hear? So Skostas. Getting a lot of airplay on this. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, the name is merged with Costas because he sounds like Bob Costas. Mm. And you just want to hear him talk. It's it's kind of like what they said about Howard Stern. Like, the people that like Stern listen for two hours. That's not the accurate statement, but they listen for two hours. The people that don't like Stern listen for four hours. Skostas, you just want to hear what he's saying, like Stern. We just want him to go. Keep going. <laughs> Whether controversial or not, you want his opinion. Plus, he's a Yankee fan. Who doesn't love that? <laughs> so, so John, as, as we uh, bring this thing to a close, what would you like uh, the legacy of the run to be? You know, as at some point you will hand the baton. Um, you know, what do you want your legacy with the run? Yeah, what do you want it to be? Simple. I want someone to take it over and care as much to keep it going so I can look back and know that people are still playing in this game. Because it's, it's a factual inevitability. At 52 years old, I can't keep this up. I've, <laughs> I've avoided injury for, you know, it's superstition. You don't want to say anything. But at this point, it's already ridiculous that I haven't been injured. I don't even know how to say that, but I didn't want to say Gosh, it. But knock on wood. What are you doing? Yeah, exactly. It crossed the line. But it's a point that Silky's out with injury. You're out with injury right now. Everyone has gone through something. I had it this summer with the Achilles and the ankle and, and, and off and on for the first time in years. I had to take off a month um, because I couldn't walk on it properly, let alone play on it. So it has to transition at some point to someone else who's as devoted and gets this. And I'm hoping this podcast actually creates that. Ooh, there we go. All right. Step it up, everybody. 
John, I, I, again, I, uh, I really appreciate you carving out some time to make today happen. Uh, more importantly, I appreciate everything that you do every single week with the run. You are the man. You are the myth. You are the legend. You are the Iceman. Thank you. Always great spending time with you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Conversations with Connors, a network-wise podcast. If you or someone you know is looking for a career change, building a business, seeking to expand sales, or is just generally interested in improving your overall health and happiness, then head on over to NetworkWise.com to gain access to a plethora of resources to help you build your networking skills and community. Those who are ambitious will network. The ones who succeed will network wise. 